Hello, you're listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Andrew Gamba. I'm joined by Lewis Kemp. Lewis, how are you doing? I am wonderful, Gamba. It's been a very beautiful Sunday for yourself and myself as well, hasn't it? Yes, uh, it's been a joyous Sunday, some might say. Uh, I'm also joined by Callum. Scott, Callum, you've, I mean, don't know how your Sunday went, but no, your weekend's probably gone pretty well. Yes, yes, it was uh, good. Uh, I've just got an orangutan off my back, so uh, <laughs> so has the rest of Kilmarnock, so I'll happily to speak about that later on. So, yeah, good weekend thus far. And Tom McKinnon, a mixed bag? Uh, a tiring weekend, a busy weekend. Um, very much disappointed by Dungeon United, but that's a copy and paste job for the, the, the weekend yeah <laughs> I mean I mean we have just been taking old podcasts and slicing them up so I mean you know you, your 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 game at home figure out where I make the cuts um right lads uh do you want to get right into it um I think we should we should probably start with the game that was today Sunday um because uh, most of us here were at it uh Celtic won Rangers nil uh Tom Lewis myself we were all at this game mm-hmm. um just Tom was there. Oh, yes, breaking was. news on the podcast. Yes, yes, he was. I didn't even know Tom was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was even. Sounds, uh, well, it's very well because I was going to reiterate, I was going to make a joke and say, Oh, remember and uh, say that I wasn't at the game, wink, wink, because of my alleged Celtic allegiance. I think <laughs> to some people. <laughs> But now we all know that but, Tom is actually. Aye, but Tom's Celtic Tom's just taking that from you. So uh, yeah, welcome to the. It's Tom. I don't know. You <laughs> so in the the who do you really support uh, section? You know, we've we've already got you two pegged down. Um, but I mean, Tom has the you know quotes neutral spelled with a H. Um, what did you <laughs> What did you think of the game? Um, I was quite disappointed in uh, mainly Jennard. Uh, and his team but mainly his um, selections and lack of I think uh, basing a large proportion of your attacking game around the player you've just signed from Hearts albeit a very good player um, when you've got a better striker Morelos who was largely isolated despite having um, Kent who I thought was quite impressive Um, he was brave at least if not massively effective which I couldn't say for Ovia Jara Scott Arfield particularly given I'm racking my brains for a highlight for either of them um, but I think Jared was a bit naive in the decisions he made they were very open at times um, Goldson and Catch are quite good defenders but not especially good with the ball at their feet which is probably what they expected to do at a club like the Rangers um, and leave it to the 80th minute uh, to make changes was um, quite a basic error I think and I don't necessarily think even if he had made a change at half time or 60th minute um, that they necessarily would have won or even got a point but leaving it to the 80th minute and then bringing on uh, Middleton who probably will be a very good player but when against someone as experienced as Lustig um, probably wasn't the best idea for Jared. Um Lewis, we're kind of, I know we'll probably come and touch more on Rangers um, after, but I mean, Celtic, I mean, uh, I'm thinking, I, I'm right in saying that this is exactly the same team that played um, in the, the 5 0 game. Yes, it is. Last it is season. Exactly and, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe if it wasn't for Alan McGregor, we would have had quite a similar scoreline. Celtic were dominant in this game. 
if it wasn't maybe for the crossbar as well which I think mm. we hit the crossbar four times in the game uh, it might have been a, a different story but yeah I thought McGregor was uh, definitely Rangers best player and largely kept the minute at times I thought Celtic were completely dominant uh, they were first at every ball they looked sharper than Rangers uh, and yeah I thought we were absolutely superb I thought there was very few players I mean, there, there was nobody really in the team you could pick out and say didn't have a good game everyone was, was on form everyone was up for it uh, there was a few standouts obviously which we'll probably come to talk about but uh, yeah I think 1-0 certainly flattered uh, Rangers and uh, the scoreline suggests it was a very tight game but if you actually look at the stats I think Celtic had 14 corners Rangers had only 2 uh, again Celtic set pieces were not great God man and uh, something we've talked about before in the podcast in regards to Celtic and we've not really got a, a kind of someone who's decent at, at, at taking set pieces in the team other than maybe Griffiths uh, and you saw when he came on when uh, he took the corner and straight away Lustig just uh, pings ahead I mean, and just wide th- the mark that was so. ridiculous I thought man just like how bad the set pieces had been for the whole game yeah. and the, the first time Griffiths sticks a ball into the box I mean you're literally talking like an inch away from it going in like, it was just <laughs> ridiculous yeah definitely I mean that is something that, well I'd say Celtic could improve on but uh, unless Griffiths is in the field I, I can't see that improving too much but uh, again I think Celtic if you take away maybe quite a wee bit lacklustre at set pieces but again they were in the position to get those set pieces because they mm-hmm. were so dominant because they had so much possession and because in terms of midfield they just ran over Rangers and uh, yeah I thought they were uh, outstanding start to finish Callum, as, as another neutral, who were your kind of uh, standout people in the game? Well, again, as a neutral with an H, uh, <laughs> to carry it on. But, well, for me, obviously, I thought Aaron McGregor was terrific, which tells you really the kind of story of the game. Questionable whether he should have remained on the pitch um, mm. after his kick-out and ire. But I thought Aaron McGregor was, was top class <coughs> for a Rangers point of view. Celtic point of view... Uh, as much as you will love me saying this, uh, despite all the kind of many kind of daft wee arguments we've had, I, th- I actually thought Tierney was was v- very very good. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought I thought particularly going forward, he he, he was he, he constantly debating the Tavernier and the guy Kent in the right hand side, and um, no, I, th- I, th- I thought Tierney Tierney played well, but I thought like maybe for a different point of view, I was just somebody watching it was. Maybe it was to do with how Rangers set up, but I mean, I, th- I thought the like, at times the game was kind of boring me to tears. Um, I didn't think. Interesting, that. interesting. <laughs> Lewis uh, and no. I said exactly the same thing when we we came away from the game. We were saying if you're yeah. a neutral watching that, it was probably shy. Like if uh, you didn't have an emotional investment in it, which yeah. all, obviously all of us on this podcast do. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't have an emotional investment in that game, you probably weren't too. Interested in it, and that probably the fact that Celtic won, the you know Celtic would be favourites going into the game. They were much better than Rangers during the game, and they won one nil. It maybe wasn't a great payoff in those respects. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. I just I thought that so Rangers let Celtic have the ball, um, mm. and they were a bit too side to side. 
but like any time they were kind of getting crosses into the box, they kind of looked, looked dangerous. Which I think says a lot about the Rangers' defence that people were saying was brick walls before before this game and well before Fur Park last week and kind of get found out a bit. Um, but no, I did, like, I, I'm trying. I'm actually racking my brains just now to see who generally did kind of impress me. I like I say Tierney. And as you know, I mean that's probably through gritted teeth. Um, but, I mean, I think that says a lot. I, th- I thought I thought he was really good. Um, but other than that, I can't. I can't really think of a particular standout from my point of view. Um, but I'm sure you guys would. I don't know, maybe charm or whatever. But yeah. Um, but at times it was kind of frustrating me in the first half. They point out in sports scene how good he was getting the ball forward but but for me I thought the opposite in the first half I thought at times it was just too side to side for Celtic there wasn't anyone near enough penetration but obviously I took his goal well and, and, and let's say he was good but I didn't think it was particularly excellent but that's again just my my opinion I think when you if you watch Celtic week to week they do seem to go for all these side to side passes and it can be frustrating at times when maybe the, the simple ball should be made and they instead opt to, as he said, to kind of switch it from side to side. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying with Cham, but I thought he was, for, for me anyway, I thought he was the best player in the park. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. He was at the centre of everything good that Celtic done. Yeah, that's uh, true. And... Yeah, I think I think the thing is, is when he's when he's on form, Celtic look just so much better. Uh, and yeah, I thought he was a real driving force behind Celtic, especially as I thought I thought Scott Brown actually had quite a quiet game by his yeah. standards in these. Yeah. And I think obviously that's probably largely due to the fact that he was um, got a, got a yellow card in the ninth minute of the match. Uh, so I think the Cham had to do quite a lot of kind of heavy lifting there, uh, and I thought he done it very well. Uh, other than that as you said Tierney was yeah again a fantastic performance from him and uh, certainly the best he's played in quite some time actually Uh, he was as I said had a better of Tavernier every time and uh, really made that kind of flank his own and looked dangerous any time he went down it uh, other than that, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought everyone else, I thought everyone had a good game. To be honest, I think you maybe could point at a few players that maybe. Mm. I mean, there's, there's one, there's one in particular. Yeah. That I think we're kind of missing. Lustig. <laughs> Boyata man. Or Boyata was <laughs> yes. Boyata was there was there was no issue any time the ball came near Boyata, he just cleaned everything up. I thought Ayer as well. To be to give mm. him credit, I thought he's see, see just to. To make clear what I was saying. Yes. Well, I didn't think Celtic were bad or anything, and evidently they weren't. They dominated the game, but and I don't think MD was was poor. Well, I didn't think like it was flat or anything. I just had n- nobody really stood out to me, and if MD did, it was Tierney. That's like, like you've had all the kind of old form games before, and you've had your like Griffiths and Dembele's making the headlines, whereas I didn't really think MD was doing that. W- one player I was disappointed what with was Edward. I didn't think he. He was anonymous for the majority of the game. Picked up a booking for nothing, and that's all I can really say say about him. He didn't look as much of a goal threat, I thought. As mm. uh, I mean, obviously Dembele would have, but uh, I think Griffiths probably would have offered more of a more of a goal threat. But yeah, I, I think I think the one chance he had, he headed it straight at McGregor, and that was uh, probably uh, arguably our best chance of the match. And he had it, it was just straight at McGregor, like it wasn't. And that's what they're saying in the sports scene as well. It's like even if you head that ball down, right, you get a bit of power behind it, 
there's a chance that goes in the back of the net, a very good chance it goes in the back of the net, but it was quite, it was quite a weak effort when it came down to it. Um, one of the things that's um, <clears throat> quite unique about this game and de- definitely hasn't been talked about at all um, with the rest of Scottish football, um, certainly this week and last week, is the performance of the referee. Mm. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Gerard, after the game, has been saying that uh, they've been done. No. Uh, I think that noise probably sums up Callum Scott's opinion. Tom, what do you think? What did you think of Willie Collin? Um, poor, very, very poor. Uh, I think he he almost got off lightly. I think, because mm-hmm. um, he didn't have a make a sort of headline mistake like he did last week with Dicker. Um, I don't think there was much in the Jack tackle. It could have gone either way. Um, I'm trying not to sit on the fence here. I thought it was a foul at the time, but looking back, it would have been quite soft. But uh, Rangers had multiple chances to stop that attack exactly. over in Jaria. Exactly. Um, what he was doing, just walking back as uh, Cham uh, raced past him. Um, also, Christie's dive, just, I was sitting on one end, my mate was sitting on the other end, and we both um, got back uh, got back in the car and said, "That's a, that was a dive. You could just see the way he went down and how far away they looked. Um, and Colin got that one wrong. Thankfully, it didn't affect the result, but um, I just can't understand why... We're not even rewarding mediocrity. We're um, rewarding failures as referees, and it's getting tiresome. And we'll come on to an even worse mistake in the championship. But it's <laughs> it's got to the stage we're speaking about. It's boring because it's so obvious that they're simply not good enough. Um, yeah. So, and I feel like you can just about say this every week. Another one that can be cut and paste alongside how bad United are. Um, <laughs> it's boring, but. Unless if we keep if we stop speaking about it, they'll just continue in the same vein and bring back the Israelis. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because I mean I know, I mean we will we will come on to talk about uh, Steve Clark and, um, you know all that. Um, but it was interesting because you know there was just an absolute farce the week before. Mm-hmm. The referees then being awarded this game. I mean, some people say rewarded with this game. Rewarded. Not, uh, I was going to say, I'm not entirely sure whether rewarded is the right thing to talk about refereeing this game, but I mean, <laughs> who knows if it would have been any better if another referee had had it. It's, but, see, see, for me on this topic, it, it's it's the game management that annoys me. It's not so much the decisions. Uh, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of decisions they get wrong and a lot of big decisions they'll get wrong. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks, obviously, but... It's the it's the game management. I mean, the amount of Rangers players, in my opinion, anyway, in the first half, there should have been a few that yeah. got a yellow card. The only person that got a yellow card, I think, was I'm right saying it was Arfield. <clears throat> Not too sure, but one of the I think one one Rangers player got a yellow card. Brown should never have been yellow carded, and it's just it's, it's just there's a lot of decisions that just don't make <clears throat> sense in the context of a game, and it's the game management and the the lack of communication to the players, which is plainly obvious. It's, uh, that that kind of frustrates me. Uh, it's, it's it's just this total lack of consistency. Um, yeah. It's as you say. I mean, me and some of my mates who are Rangers fans and that were talking about it at half time. It's funny because I was watching it with a diehard Celtic fan, and in a group chat, uh, Rangers fans felt that they were uh, given a raw deal. I thought column it was slope start, slope start, slope start, which probably didn't help Rangers. 
but you look at it, Brown gets booked, and I can see why Brown was booked at the time because you got the kind of intent and the lateness of the tackle, but mm. it doesn't make any contact with Lafferty. But I know I could let him off with why he's booked him because it looked in first instance that it was a booking. It's not until you slow it down, you see he actually doesn't hit Lafferty, but he's well late, so I can see why he's given that. He books Edward for absolutely nothing. Which Edward gets books for for me for nothing at all on Ryan Jack, and then you've got Lafferty that commits three or four fouls, kids. So persistent fouling that's a booking. I don't even think Arfield gets a booking for that one on Tierney. Um, in Morelos, no, no, I in in Morelos gets booked three times or whatever. In in regards to Gerald's comments again, I mean, come on, like, um, Tom hits a nail on the head. But it could have been a foul in the build up to the goal. I don't it think was it was a foul, like I thought. Well, whatever. But it doesn't right. matter. Right. right, it could have been a foul, wasn't it given? But Celtic have still got the full length of the part to go. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, the thing that cost him the goal was the laziness for the guy that was number 10, or his name escaped. Me. Total laziness. That's unacceptable. If I was a Rangers fan, I'd be absolutely seething with that. The biggest game of the season for them, and he's just doesn't attack any runners. and Bloody jogs back and then ends up walking. That's unacceptable. And Gerard, bloody Celtic hit the crossbar three times and McGregor makes multiple great saves. The referee didn't do Celtic did simple as that. Well, Celtic thoroughly deserved the win, and you can't blame the referee for anything at all. Um, in in that game, well, in regards to the result of the match, the ref wasn't great. At as Tom says, I don't think there was any kind of headline decisions. Um, just it was a poor game, but you, now you can't you can't blame the referee whatsoever for that. Um, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm going through my kind of talking points here, and I think we've kind of covered all of them. Um, Alan McGregor's uh, Sean Michaels impression. He's already done the 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 uh, <laughs> the, the diving elbow, and uh, now he's trying the sweet chin music. Um, so, what a sharpshooter! Next game, probably. That's what we're going to see. Yep. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Wrestling with shadows, man. Wrestling with shagger. <laughs> Um, uh, sh- sharp shooter probably will happen. A cripple or cross face, perhaps. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hopefully, we anyway. never see that again. Yeah. Um, after after the last person who did it. <laughs> can, can I ask uh, a question for everyone? Do you think you, this will uh, win any retrospect of action here for McGregor? Nope. Given this is the second time nah. this has happened. Nah. So Morelos, do you think he's he set a precedent with the the kickouts and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think I think it'll be fine. Interesting. Right, is that is that us covered it for for a set of Rangers matches? I mean, not that many actual talking points, is there? Nope. Cool. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Hearts. hundred percent record continues. Clamping St Mirren 4-1 uh, Stephen Naismith getting a first half hat-trick um, <laughs> they, they look Hearts look good St Mirren look bad yeah. That is my assessment <laughs> um, Callum What was what was your assessment? Uh, to be honest Gamba Just got to echo what you said I mean <laughs> St Mirren Oh my word! Uh, oh, that that second half. That I know, I know. I saw the terrace put it out, and it's just like St. Mirren are in trouble. And I was like, okay, they've been clamped today. How bad is it? And you watch the video, and you're the like, defending oh. is absolutely. Oh. It's 
criminal. Totally criminal. Samson's not going to help you. Um, nothing against Samson. I actually don't think he's particularly that bad a goalkeeper. Um, but if he's not got a defensive front of him, then he's almost useless. Like, he'll know. For me, he's not got to really kind of win your points in that. Um, but I don't mean to slight on Samson because it was the defence first and foremost. It was just absolutely ter- terrible. The the boys go uh, Lee or Lee like that one. Uh-huh. That was just like the the boys getting right across six yard ball. It's like just about like there's no. It's just total. I don't know. I don't the, even know where to start. With. It's just absolutely the, the one- shambles. The one that really got me is I think it's the last Naismith goal where the, the one where he's he heads it across. In. Sorry, or is, that, is that the second goal, the corner where he heads it in? No, no, the one where he uh, has the ball back in midfield and it has the post and goes in. I just like them losing the ball there, and then just the lack of like urgency to get the ball back as well. Yeah, it was I- just it just looked really, really just kind of. Just almost, ex- I mean, obviously you're three one down, but like just accepting the just kind of oh well, oh well, this is just a goal. Like it just, <sighs> and it's the first half, I know. I know. First half. I mean, you if can, you go in, if you go in three one at half time, that's not good, but that's not you know, it's not ridiculous that you'd overturn that. No, exactly. I mean, when you look at it, as you say, that just a lack of willingness to get back. At that stage in the game, that's something you'd expect to see. Kind of eighty-five minutes, you know, you're pushing everybody forward, and you just get caught out, and all that right. But I mean, it was it was two or three minutes before half time, man. You know, like, mm. <laughs> it's just I, I would be worried. I mean, I mean, you get through this at man team, and there's nobody really for me who stands out as like a player that you'd be like, well, I don't know, the, the boy Coulson impressed me when we played them the guys on one for Middlesbrough but you look at that team and that's a championship team for me yeah. I think the no, most the most the, the, the most got a stronger team in the championship than some Monday in the top fight I generally think that for, for me the most concerning thing has to be the fact that Hearts they didn't even have to work for the goals Aye. the goals just came for them and as you said half time the game's over as a contest it's, it's just done it's 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 totally over and uh, yeah I'd honestly feel the worst for St Mirren uh, I remember Stubbs three year contract at St Mirren three year three year contract yeah oh my um, I mean I, we are talking about how bad St Mirren is but I don't think you I don't think you, you, you accidentally or you know by putting half the effort in score a hat trick um, Naismith Brilliant. I mean, obviously getting all three, <laughs> getting all three and setting them up. I mean, I really, really. I mean, okay, maybe I won't talk to Callum about this. Tom uh, Naismith, absolutely fantastic. Yes, very good. Um, seems to be a lot of talk about uh, from after it is about how he's not in the Scotland squad. Um, I think that's probably people getting a wee bit excited about how good Hearts are and realizing he's the best Scottish player. With the exception of probably Sutter or um, in that squad, um, I think we've maybe moved past Naismith. But if he does keep scoring, uh, scoring goals, then why not bring him back? Um, but I think you have to look at that Saint Mirren backline. Um, Cole Capekwa, 
uh, and has not played a lot of football in his career. In fairness, he's still young, as are the other two. Um, Baird was a dodgy enough centre half in the championship. Um, <laughs> played quite a lot of games in fairness for his age, but nothing exceptional. Um, I was quite excited about the sign of Alfie Jones. I think that was done on, uh, right at the end of the um, window, um, partly. Um, because he was he's quite a good sort of manager, but more so because he's fairly high thought uh, thought of of quite a progressive footballing club in Southampton, um, and going by that performance uh, on Saturday, um, football manager and myself may have got ourselves a bit too excited about him. Um, <laughs> that chance right he misses, I know, just sums up, oh. sums up. It's just oh, yeah. it's painful to God. watch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But sorry, you did sum it up perfectly. That team is. It's worse than what it was last season. Um, that's probably um, they've probably one of the easiest ways to put it. Their, their team's got worse, um, and they've got a significantly worse manager, and that's already proven by the fact Jack Ross is working miracles at one of the worst-run clubs in England, and um, Alan Stubbs is just having an absolute shocker at one of the better-run clubs in Scotland. I mean, just kind of speaking of managers, I mean, it's it, obviously Levine not being there. Um, like it could have I mean I, my, one of my all time favourite cliches I mean it is a potential banana skin um, how something can be a potential banana skin I don't know like if you look at something and it looks like a banana skin there's a fair chance it's banana skin like the potential bits of it anyway um, no but I mean for Austin Murphy to like, get that kind of result um, and in the manner that they did considering they scored four goals before half time um, must be quite good for him however that could just be down to the fact that Craig Levine has built a title, a title winning team. Um. Well, I think that in fairness, right? Obviously, I know you're obviously very, very tongue in cheek there, but um, well, I, I think well, they've won uh, all the games so far, I and I've been looking at their, their upcoming fixtures, and a lot of their upcoming fixtures are winnable games. Well, we'll see what happens, but it's Austin McPhee, uh, the guy Fox and John Daly that they basically everything in training. Anyway, it's them that coaches them and Levine just kind of steps in every now and then. I mean, that comes from the likes of Naismith and that. So, obviously, I, I, that's why I was convinced. Obviously, obviously, Levine's presence itself, obviously, has got to get a reaction. But I, I was never ever worried for Hearts getting into the game without Craig Levine there and physical body. Uh, because, <laughs> because, I mean, oh it's getting God. this guy. Is like, because, he's, because he's there in spirit. Yeah, the, the body of Christ. Uh, there we go. Um, no, nah, I just knew, because like, Austin McPhee and that, they, these are the guys that work with them day and day anyway, and uh, I, I never ever kind of feared for them, and the, the, the players trust them, and everybody always speaks highly of Austin McPhee, so I had, had absolutely no fears for Hearts. Um, and on that, obviously, the whole Naismith thing, the reason I'm so angry is because of how incredibly jealous I am, because I love him, and I genuinely do think he's, for me still, He's one of the best players in the Premiership, particularly in his days, absolutely phenomenal. Just everything that he does, scores goals, slows the game down. He can do everything. He's absolutely brilliant, and uh, I think he's got every right to to have a show in for the Scotland squad. I think he's, just, I can't think of many better Scottish players in the country at the moment. Lewis, yes, Motherwell, away, Livingston, oh god, home, St Johnston, home. <laughs> Those are Hearts' next three league fixtures. How many points uh, do they get out of them? Uh, nine. 
This is going to be George Billy, isn't it? And then a bunch of will sack all three of them come uh, <laughs> once, once they're top of the league after the first round of fixtures. The Rickerton trio. Those, this, the, I mean, those those are those are winnable games for Hearts. If yeah. Hearts win a game against Motherwell, it's not a surprise. If they win a game against Livingston, it's not a surprise. If they win a game against St Johnson, it's not a surprise. They're difficult games, though. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think they've got... Uh, well, I would put them as favourites for all of them. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Again, just on the name of I know we've kind of covered it to death a wee bit, but I think you can't underestimate how massive it is having a proper pre-season under his belt. Yeah. Uh, because mm. I think last year when he came in, I don't think he was disappointing by any stretch, but I think maybe people did expect a bit better from him. And I think well, that's maybe largely due to the fact that uh, it was Norwich he was at before, wasn't it? And he yeah. just wasn't getting a game there. I don't know maybe there was injuries and whatnot, but... Uh, I think now a proper pre-season under his belt we're now seeing the Stephen Naismith of old and yeah I agree I, I wouldn't have any issues with putting in the Scotland squad it's, it's a position that Scotland don't have a lot of depth in really uh, beyond Griffiths you know, I mean we're, I know we're trying to board in McBurney and kind of guys like that but I'd rather have Naismith in there I think he's with the form he's in at the moment I, I, I don't see why that's such a ridiculous suggestion to put him in the team Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about this game? Hearts in general, St Mirren in general. No. Or shall we? Or shall we move on to? I, th- I think we our, can all our, agree our... that Hearts will win the league come the end of the season and St Mirren will be relegated. <laughs> so there's nothing left to be said about the game. Okay, cool. Um, right, let's let's move on to the Brock Lesnar of the weekend. Aberdeen nil, Kilmarnock two. What? Streaker. Calum Scott. <laughs> Andrew Gamba. <laughs> Monkey status. Not yes. on back. <laughs> yes, I say that the orangutan is, is off the back. <laughs> Absolute mega relief. I actually felt wet. I genuinely felt lighter coming home for that game at <laughs> Queen's Park. I was sitting in the van with my dad and I was just like, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> just no more. <laughs> knowing that it's actually been it's done. Like we can put that absolute vile, vile record <laughs> to rest, man. Just years of absolute brutality, man. Like Alan Johnson, Locke. Oh, horrible. So, no, absolutely so relieved. I genuinely do feel relieved as if I'd, I'd, I'd hard to even put any words. Just absolutely brilliant. Thoroughly deserved win. Obviously, a big help, the red card. Nobody's ever got to deny us that. Uh, don't think it is a red card. I think it's a foul, and but what Will says, uh, the sports scene coverage it was absolutely appalling. So Liam McLeod so biased in the commentary, it's it's embarrassing to listen to at times. Um, oh, oh, but Brophy pulls him first, and what? That, that's what you do. Brophy turns him. Brophy's away, and he gets pulled down. How's that not a foul? Like, like, there's absolutely no debate whether that's a a foul or no. It's has the red card. I know what he's given because Brophy is away for me, but he's forty yards away for goal. Um, but he's away. He's clean through, and I don't think anybody's catching him. Brophy's a quick boy, like. But I think it's it's a it's a foul and a yellow card, and on that the free kick that Brophy scores a foul and off. Shinny just gets through. Yeah. It's a it's never not no a free kick. So he doesn't get the ball, does he? It doesn't get the ball at all. When we McLeod's no. commentating saying, Oh, he says he eventually gets the ball. Does he, if you get through no, the man doesn't. first then it doesn't matter, can't I? Like, just absolute 
embarrassing coverage. Like I, I've got to say, that, embarrassing coverage. And a uh, fair play to Brophy for absolutely sticking in an absolute belt of that free kick. And then Greg Stewart's goal in the second half was just absolutely phenomenal. Like absolutely, mm. I don't even know where to start with it. It's. It, it, I, it, I, I've seen it quoted. I've seen it quoted as the best goal I've ever seen. Yes, uh, <laughs> many things, and we'll come on to the best player I have ever seen later on as well. Um, later on in the program, but no, like, the, the goal itself is just different class. I mean, the way he turns the boy, he brings it down in the chest, turns the boy, runs away for two or three players, and you think how's that got to get better? I need to just sort that at home, and then you just start the most. Perfect chip I've ever seen in my life. Um, just phenomenal, absolutely different class, and it's been what it's it's been coming for for a while. We ran Aberdeen close last year, ran out of steam. No, I'm not going to hit out with a Rangers conspiracy Dundee United thing here, but a wee bit of karma with the decisions. We've had a lot of bad decisions against us, uh, against Aberdeen, in particular. I remember. And they, they absolutely trashed us for nothing at Rugby Park. James Madison ran the show, and they get given one of the worst penalty decisions I've ever seen in my life. Uh, somebody runs into Jamie McDonald and they, um, call him again. Will I call him again? Uh, gives a penalty. And then I think the Scottish Cup game against them, uh, Brophy's goal getting ruled off for offside when it's never off. And I think that it wasn't a penalty that Aberdeen got either. Um, they, they, they end up slotting away. So now. Hey, what goes around comes around, and karma is best served cold, uh, as some say. Uh, but no, just thrilled, delighted to to eventually beat them up there, and uh, fair play to all the Kelly fans who went up. I was gutted I missed it. The the brophy free kick, the brophy free kick is so strange because it's it's excellent, right? But it's one of these ones where I, was, I I watched it and I was like, from an Aberdeen perspective, I was looking at it and going like. Somebody should be doing better there. I don't know how, but someone should be doing better there. But it's just such a strange, like, the movement, where it goes in the net, it just, it's so, like, strange to me, but it's, but it's just the movement on it, man, that's just, like... I, oh. I, I, don't, I don't think any keeper's stopping that, regardless it's, of... Like, I, I, it's so... Like, it, it starts outside... Is it, who's this on the far side of the wall? Stevie May. Mm-hmm. It goes round his head and into the bottom corner. And just like, how do you do that, man? <laughs> Best free kick I've ever seen. Ah, true. Correct. Um, we probably should look at this from an Aberdeen point of view. Um, nothing to worry about. They were, they were, they were robbed. Um, <laughs> I, it just, it, it just didn't seem particularly good for them. Come on, it just seemed to dominate this match completely. Um, and apart from the McGinn free kick, which was an excellent save. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really look like Aberdeen had much. If you actually look at the stats, though, like Kelly were all over them. Like I'm looking at it now, fifty-eight percent possession. Kelly, thirteen shots to five. Kelly, five shots on target. Aberdeen only had one. Uh, six corners to two. Like Kelly were all over them and thoroughly deserved the win. Aberdeen were poor. Uh, and I think it's a case at the moment for Aberdeen, just in general sense that. It seems a lot of things are going against them. They've got a, a, a number of injuries in key positions. Obviously, Wilson's out for eight weeks now. Uh, he came in from Man United, obviously. So, yeah, I think it's uh, McKenna still out and, and whatever. But And uh, obviously, Devon will be suspended now. So, it's, it's all kind of going wrong for them. But I think, for a wee bit of perspective, for, for Aberdeen, it's been a fairly 
tough start. You just look at it objectively. They played Rangers, mm-hmm. Hibs and Kelly. That was all three of them them teams finished what third, fourth and fifth last season, so it's been a difficult start. I think what the, the kind of proof will be uh well in terms of th- this season I think if they can still get the results against teams below them then I think they'll still be in for a good season but again you can maybe argue should they be doing better against the top six teams this is something that was thrown at them in the past in regards to big games uh, but again I think it's still worth pointing out that these are the games they've played and yeah but I think this has definitely been the worst performance of of the four games Um, Tom, what's your kind of what's your kind of general take on this match? Kind of run out of talking points here. So if there's anything in general you want to talk about, go for it. About Stevie May, um, I've seen Ryan put up a big thing about him, and I tend to uh, agree with him. Just because you see him so often, it just what he did. He d- he does what he uh, exactly what he did at St Johnston uh, before he went to Preston, except at St Johnston he scored goals. Um, and to be honest, I really don't rate him. I never rated him at St Johnston. Uh, definitely not a striker any club in Scotland should be paying for. <laughs> um, and I understand James Wilson's out for a while. Uh, Cosgrove similarly doesn't uh, is scared of the net as well. Um, but against Dundee, what was it two or three weeks ago? They looked a lot better and a lot more vibrant when they put Bruce Anderson on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that will ultimately be more beneficial for the club in the long term because even if Anderson doesn't score any goals he's still going to be doing it at least the same as what Stevie May is doing at the moment um, Before we kind of move on to the next game uh, we've got actually it's a specific question for uh, Callum Scott um, it's a question from uh, Ryan Crombie asking will KC stop his anti-Aberdeen rhetoric now the streak is over? <laughs> Clearly not uh. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, Pro Celtic, anti Aberdeen, anti Rangers. <laughs> n- n- never just Pro Kilmarnock, am I? Um, no, I will not stop because I have told the truth at every occasion. I've not getting against Aberdeen, but that's what I say through gritted teeth. No, I genuinely don't think I hang that was. It was just, see, when I grew up, and I'm not trying to sound like. You know, kind of like Rangers fans when we get to in the inevitable 10, 15 years when Rangers become really mediocre and they're like, oh, I grew up with Rangers winning leagues and all that. I'm like, at the, the garbage <laughs> that we've got to suffer now. Nah, I'm only joking, of course, Rangers will, will, will compete at the top end of the table again. But uh, I, I grew up with Kelly just hammering Aberdeen all the time. We generally beat Aberdeen for ages. And then we had the worst period that I've ever seen Kelly in. Which has been which, which happened to coincide with the time that all of you guys have known me, uh, <laughs> when we've been absolutely tortured for just years, um, and we just couldn't have beat Aberdeen, and it really infuriated me because we used to beat them quite comfortably and commonly. So no, it's it's a bit of a relief. So, so maybe that did play out in that factor. And I was almost jealousy, really jealousy, how Aberdeen dealt with the. Uh, uh, Rangers not been in the top flight situation because Aberdeen done excellent they invested in their team and became a distance the second best team in Scotland and, I, and there was an element of jealousy there because they'd, they'd done that excellently bringing in the likes of McInnes and stuff but nah so Ryan I will not stop my anti-Aberdeen tirade and I never will excellent right um, let's let's move on. Um, let's move on to Tayside. Uh, Dundee one, Motherwell three. 
Um, excellent result for Motherwell. Um, that's them getting their first league win of the season. Um, and it's all got up to, what was it, ninth? You know, leapfrogged a whole bunch of teams. Um, yeah, Johnson, bigger man, Campbell getting goals for, for Motherwell. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say Calman, but I heard Rob McLean pronouncing it very differently. But I want to say Calman. Mm. No one's going to no. correct me on that. Cool. Um, yeah, Motherwell looked pretty good. Dundee did not. Thought done. That was my assessment. I thought Dundee were largely ineffective, to be honest with you. I thought mm-hmm. well, it looked like it was really. They scored with their, pretty much their only effort of the game, their only real effort of the game, and Motherwell were comfortable. And uh, I thought Pigramana was excellent again. Uh, I think he's been one of the best players of the season so far. For certainly for Motherwell, anyway, he's been a real driving force behind them, and he's backing up what he said earlier in the season about he's kind of quite strong words in regards to what he was saying last year. He kind of coasted it a bit and underestimated Scottish football, and this year he's put the work in and it's paying off so far. I mean, I think he's certainly aided. In the midfield by uh, Campbell and Rose, so I think as well, are both uh, having some really good seasons. Uh, and yeah, I think obviously up top, Danny Johnson, I think he looks just such a good find for them again. Um, although I've found a, an, an excellent striker, uh, just excellent movement and gets into good goal scoring positions time after time. And yeah, I thought they were never in danger, Motherwell, and they were, and they were well worth the three points. Um, I was speaking to uh, one of the boys at work, David, who's a who's a Motherwell fan, and I was saying, do you think this think this might be curtains for for uh, Neil McCann? And he was saying, nah. Um, how come? And he was going, nah, because we just we just beat Dundee all the time now. Which uh, I thought was quite interesting. And we've seen that this is like the most consecutive wins they've like ever had at Dens Park. Oh God. I'm gonna say I- ever or since like. Like time immemorial, basically. But it's, you know they've got an incredible record of dens at the moment. Um, but then again, quite a few teams have a decent record of dens at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's um, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. No. <laughs> Did they again just been Jack Hamilton? No good enough. Oh, here we Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Anti Jack Hamilton. Oh, of course, man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, you know me, anti everybody. Um, Jack Hamilton, not a good goalkeeper. Never has been. Um, yeah, that sounds incredibly harsh, but I mean, it's just just bothering right through. He's not even shot stopping. Like, a lot of times you can say, "Oh, goalies aren't they good." But uh, kind of commanding their box and that ever, but they're good short stoppers. He's just letting boys go right through them. But then again, the guy for the second goal was just what is he doing, man? Wait, when he goes, why does he even slide for that? See if he stays on his feet. Does he not just get? Does he not there, or is he actually running back? The camera angles weren't they too good, but I don't even know why he's sliding for that. Um, and then just it's the easiest goal. Um, was it? Uh, it was Johnson winning that scored for there. Ah, it was. Oh, sorry. Yes. Was that the first? The first goal? one. That's the first one. First goal. Uh-huh. Apologies. Um, aye, big Romana gets the second goal. Aye. Um, just absolute tortured defending, tortured goalkeeper. Don't score enough goals. 
but Kit, Tom knows a hell of a lot more about the D than all the rest of the day, but... I haven't got that far. Obsessed. Uh, I don't even think McCann knows enough about Dundee at this stage. Um, <laughs> despite my best efforts, I know quite a lot of Dundee fans. Um, <laughs> it's as depressing, if not um, more depressing than speaking to fellow United fans at the moment. It's The problems are still there from last season. He's totally revamped the squad, pretty much. Um, and it's the exact same issues. Um, and it's not just the case of Okay, we're just missing Glenn Kamara, who is a player um, that Dundee will rely on and is far too good for the bottom half of the table. Um, but the issues go well above and beyond uh, Kamara, and I don't even think they can use that as an excuse anymore. Um, that midfield just not good enough. McGowan's day has come and gone um, as, a, as a decent Premiership midfielder. Spence... He shows it in signs, but really isn't much more than a decent enough championship player. Um, Naby, I don't. He looked alright against Aberdeen since hasn't really kicked a ball. Um, quite, quite a lot of Dundee fans were excited about getting thirty-eight-year-old Kenny Miller, uh, Kenny Miller on a two-year deal. Yeah, hey, it was his um, debut. I forgot to mention this. God, he was really quiet. <laughs> Very quiet. Mm. Mm. I must admit, I don't share their excitement. Um, I was going to say I, actually that, that's one thing I've got uh, a tale of two Millers uh, Calvin seemed to like create quite a few decent opportunities mm-hmm. when he came on which from I mean obviously a incredibly biased Celtic point of view I'm sure we're all delighted to see um, but <laughs> yeah. he, actually, he actually did look as if he was he was creating quite a bit for Dundee yeah which, he did look decent mm-hmm. a, a bright spark I suppose um, yeah. No, I, I, I thought he did look he, he did look good, but obviously particularly on the left hand side, bombing forward and put a few good balls into the box. But, um, but no, I, 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 just, I just can't believe in Dion they got a draft at the bottom of the table. <laughs> just now, like, I mean, just St Martin and Aki's have just helped him out big time because Dundee have been absolutely tragic, like so so bad, um, and they're just they're getting. I don't know. I, I don't even know where to begin because it's the same thing every single week. Creating chances at times, no scoring goals and getting absolutely done by individual errors. But as people have pointed out in the podcast before, that's a fault of the manager for no rectifying these mistakes. I know at times, for example, first game of the season, Jack Hamilton, when he lost the ball at, uh, against St Murn, like I mean, you can't coach against that, you know what I mean? Like That's just like that's stupidity. And the guy the day for the first goal was an idiot. Um, so I can I can almost feel a bit bad for McCann. Uh, but it's just it's happening every single week. Cause I was when I was cause I was watching the highlights and I knew Motherwood one three one. I was thinking where are these goals got to come from? And then I just seen the ball come in and I seen the guy go into it and I'm like, he's got to make a mistake here. I just knew it. Bang. Mistake. Guys get the easiest finish. Um, Johnson's get the easiest finish of all ever have in his life. Um, just, nah. I, I would be severely worried if I was in the D fan because it's just the same stuff that's been going on for the past year. Um, I, it's, it's another one of these ones where it's like, in theory, this was a great signing, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, that's that's Colker gone. I know that he's he's he, the the line is he's triggered a clause in his contract, so that's just him. A fair play for uh, um, Dundee rejecting whatever offer it was. So two, it was million. About two million. 
E. Fair, fair play, guys. Mm-hmm. Fair yep. play. Uh, when, when, when was that? Was that? Uh, that was during. Was that during the summer? No, was it, it was during no, the season. It was, it was last season. Aye, it was oh, last season. God. February, March time, I think it was. Oh dear. So do we think that was just a lie? Most likely, I'd imagine you you can't reject two million pounds or even I think it, there was a figure of one point two million and there was some of two. The one point two seemed to have a bit more substance in them, but you can't you can't reject that if you know fine uh, fine well that a player's got a contract in the next window that he can release himself if he very well wants to. I mean, this isn't just an average player who can't do better than Dundee. I don't think he deserves to do better than Dundee at the moment, but this is a player who's played for England, played for one of the biggest clubs in England, um, and presumably has some sort of an ego. And if he thinks he can get a bigger club on a bigger wage, which to be honest, he probably can if he if he's willing to travel ab- abroad. I don't think he deserves, it, as I said, but um, if he thinks and McCallum will that fine well as well. Why on earth they didn't accept a bid or just it just poor, poorly run from from McCann upwards? I think at this stage, this is a club that are trying to build a new stadium um, and trying to get as much money as they can, and a million and a half that could have been theirs that isn't theirs will be sorely sorely missed. Is, is, is them I mean, getting ready? Oh, waiting. Sorry, Gamble, but them getting ready. That's just summed uh, up, man. Mm-hmm. Brought in Kenny Miller and sell potentially their best asset for peanuts to hearts. Just, mm-hmm. I, I would, I'd be seeing if I was a Dundee fan. Mm, it was slightly them. reminiscent of um, us under McNamara, twenty fifteen. Potentially, well, exactly the same when you think it. Um, hearts done the same when they. Saint Suter for you mm-hmm. guys, you know what I mean? Like just in what that that was for peanuts and all, and it was mm-hmm. maybe like a hundred grand or something. Yeah. Um, for a player of that quality and just that, no, I would be. There are many uh, parallels between uh, Dundee and Dundee United for Dundee and Dundee. Mm-hmm. Nice to have a derby next season, though at least. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just before we before we move on, um, I feel there probably should be some words of like positivity. Maybe not about Dundee, but certainly about Motherwell. Um, the, the, I mean, I think the, the the kind of theme that we've had in the podcast, and certainly by watching the highlights, is these chances have been you know delivered on a silver platter to them, but they have taken them all, um, and it's been you know. I mean, certainly Johnson looks like he's going to be quite a important player this season bigger man I know Lewis you've already talked about him but you know these are guys that are you know probably going to have to be big names for Motherwell and just again teams run about them this this is one of the things that we identified sorry like last week Motherwell aren't doing particularly well against teams that are round about them in the bottom half of the table I mean if you are going to beat anyone it's probably going to be Dundee but they're finally off the mark Okay, no one's going to jump on that and talk about Motherwell. Cool, I've made that point. Uh, do you want to move on to talk about Livingston? Yes. Clamping hips. Right. Uh, I'm just. I'm going to kind of just ignore the first goal, as good as it was. I, I really want to talk about the Sean Bourne goal. Oh, that was phenomenal, wasn't it? Super. That is, uh, like, I mean this I mean this in, like, the highest compliment possible. That is the most Paddy McCourt goal I've seen since Paddy McCourt left Scottish football. It was 
incredible how he just goes through all those guys and then just the composure just to finish it as well was oh it was beautiful man doesn't count because it was on a plastic pitch I <laughs> <laughs> one thing I want to raise oh, here why why is Neil Lennon why is Neil Lennon not blaming the pitch this time <laughs> Is it is he actually just come out and and gave us a credit for actually playing well against his team and no blaming the pitch? I, I find that really hard to believe, particularly Livingston's pitch, which is evidently worse than Kilmarnock's. Um So no, I, I was absolutely astounded when I when I uh, listened to his post match analysis and he didn't have any mention whatsoever of a surface quote impossible to play football on like he said when his hub side beat us three nothing last season that rugby partner up two nothing another time. So uh, I was I was very I was really surprised that uh, the 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 flying man couldn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't didn't give a, actually gave Livingston credit for for playing good football and uh, battling them. So no fair play to Lennon. He's obviously grown some modesty over the the summer months. Not a bit at all there. No, uh, see the hangers. Not actually, actually, I'm, I'm, right. I'm not mad. I'm actually, I'm actually laughing. <laughs> I actually like Lennon, like, but it just like, but he just started with that last year against us and just blamed the park and just like, get a crap. But nah, brilliant for Livingston. What a goal for Burn. And even uh, Pittman. the Pittman. I, I mm. mean, and Pittman's goal was good as well. Just right, brilliant, and they've made me look like a clown. I, I genuinely thought that they they would really struggle this year. Every game they've played, they've competed. They were actually right against Celtic first game of the season, I know. They weren't there. Like, there wasn't like, kind of, like, an evident kind of, oh, like, they're horrendous or that. And then every other game they've competed in, and um, obviously they've won back to back fixtures now, and which is obviously down to, to Gary Holt's uh, excellent impact um, in the job. But nah, they, they've done phenomenal, and, and I think teams will really, really struggle against them, particularly at. We've got to call it Almondville there, <laughs> says Grandpa, the <laughs> Tony Macaroni. So, so no, I, I, I think they'll be, they'll be a right, right good side, and I, I don't think, well, maybe it's too soon to say, but I was going to say, I don't think they'll finish bottom of the league anymore, which I, I was really convinced they would have, just because of the stature of the club and stuff. So, absolutely fair play to them. I mean, I mean, they have picked up points in what every game they've played since the Celtic game? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I like it because they're sitting seven. Uh, they're sitting seven points. Well, like sitting fourth. I I on seven points like us. Was it though? I think it's sitting on it. seven seven points like St Johnson. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things that's this. This is. I mean, this is literally the most obvious point in football. But it is what sets them apart from other teams because they're picking up points um, Pitch. The, the, at the bottom well I suppose that obviously they've got that massive massive home advantage um, which apparently doesn't matter I mean it's we, we said this on the last podcast that we were on we were saying this could have been the mother of all Neil Lennon meltdowns uh, but I mean I suppose just the kind of result and how the game went probably meant that Lennon couldn't melt down I don't, I, I don't think you could have um, any arguments at Lovingston but the better side here and mm. I think what I think what gives me hope for Livingston going forward maybe didn't I didn't, wasn't too hopeful when Miller was in charge is that Miller seemed to want to change a lot of what made Livingston successful last year uh, he seemed 
I think the best examples of that was Alan Lithgow, who didn't get, didn't get a sniff under Kenny Miller since Oaks came in. He's played two games now and he's he's looked outstanding. And I've got a wee stat here actually. Um, when Olivier, uh, when Declan, Declan Gallagher, Craig Halkett, and Alan Lithgow are in the team, uh, out of 55 games that they've played together, they've only lost five of them. So. That's, Obviously that that's that, 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 that good games to kind of all divisions and stuff, but it just I think it emphasises just how good these players are together and how well drilled they are. And I think again, what gives me hope for Livingston going forward is that Holt isn't changing things. He's keeping things as they are. He's he's using using the Hopkins template, which made them so successful and so lethal last season. And I think they'll they'll do really well. Something as well. I want to point out uh, the boy. I think it was uh, Dolly Menga as well, which is some name. Uh, he he looks Dolly. a real handful, and I have got a feeling he might have uh, cool haircut. Yes, too. I I love him. Yeah, I what, what a guy, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the, the other talking points I've got down down here. I've just got Gary Holt just just wrecking everything. Messiah. Um, <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, the boy for Hibs actually took his goal really well. Horgan. Uh, Horgan. I thought I thought it was, was a really good finish. I thought he was Hibs probably best player. Um. Yeah. Uh, I know I thought, I thought it was, but it's as it's just for me it's just a total typical Hibs result as well. Like you know what I mean? Just like I know it kinda sounds stupid but just Decent start, and then they go. And obviously, I don't mean any disrespect to Levy, but like, and the predictions are back tabs. But I didn't even think about it because I'd be like, just it looked like the kind of game that they would lose. Um, particularly against a team like because Levy throw everything at you, I know. Um, but I don't mean to discredit them because we naturally get the ball and they, they pass it well and they cause teams problems. But like the physical side and Hibs usually can't really deal with that. I thought uh, Porteous uh, was quite poor um, in a couple of instances, obviously, when the guy with Dolly Menga or whatever um, absolutely done him uh, running away. But no, I, th- I thought I thought Hibs looked suspect defensively um, and what did Whitaker fall and all that for the goal and stuff as well? Did they slap, I think, as well? Whitaker's um, garbage, man. He's so shite. What's <laughs> man? Yeah, so aye, no, excellent result for for Livy and as I say they've just totally made me to be a clown for actually thinking they would be very, very poor. I think they've been excellent every game and competed very, very well. Right lads, are we are we done with this game? Yep. Do you wanna move on to Hamilton St Johnson? Yep. If we have to, yes. Oh my god. Mangin <laughs> <laughs> man. I mean, obviously, this would have been a better game if it was played on grass, but you know. Um, I was actually complimenting their pitch when I was watching sports team. I actually thought because their ass was just been uh, relayed. Uh, I relayed in it. Yes. I actually thought I actually thought it looked quite good. I was like, it looks a lot better than ours. But I was. Have you, have, you, is, is, have you seen that thing? Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was just got to say, our pitch looks horrendous. But it's actually never near as bad as it looks, if you get me. Uh, whereas Livingston's actually looks good at times, but it's worse. 
Um, uh, aesthetically, it looks better than Cabanert's when you don't see the ball rolling on it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But our pitch was, absolutely looks disgusting, it looks so worn and it looks grey, mm-hmm. doesn't it look like green, it looks grey, mm. but it's actually not as bad a surface as it looks. It's quite an interesting point though, I mean I'm going to make two separate points, because because it is like synthetic, like it would just be funny if like the pitch was just like red, do you know what I mean? Blue? <laughs> <laughs> ah, just blue, you know. Um, did you guys did you guys see that thing it was doing the rounds on Twitter where they were talking about how uh, the the Premier League like they try and they try and get the greenest grass possible and when they're doing like the when they're sending it out as like the uh, as the broadcast they turn the, the colour contrast up as, as much as possible yes uh, I actually did see the tweet about that because they compared it to a La Liga game don't they uh huh uh-huh, and there was a Serie A game that was being played at the Olympico and this it just looks kind of horrible but because they're just showing it in normal colour contrast which is why whereas if you turn it up it looks a lot better That's... which is possibly why which is possibly why you enjoyed uh, Hamilton and Johnson more than you probably thought you did mm. <laughs> so what do you think that they wait what so like because the colours are like brighter basically people are happier with them oh, right, and you're right, watching yeah. this game you're like oh that pitch looks great whereas it's probably just shite right, I, I mean you've kind of talked about that but. aye alright I, I thought you were saying there that Hamilton did that no but like you saying like the pitch looks good yeah no no I, I, I get what you're saying now I'm, I misunderstood at first I thought you were saying that Aki's done what the Premier League did <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they have Maybe maybe they have just made greener synthetic grass. Maybe not. Do we want to do we want to actually talk about no. the football or do we want to talk about uh, stupid like colour contrasts? Definitely colour contrasts. <laughs> no, it was just for me typical kind of St Johnson Aki's game. What I just I, I, that that's how they envisaged it before. I thought we'd finish one each. That's what I, I went for in the predictions. <laughs> Quite poor goals. Um, the the, the 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 first one the first one's just oh god <laughs> it was it was poor how obviously. many chances do you want man <laughs> is that is that the Austin one aye 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 and then Ricky Foster <laughs> one thing that doesn't look good ever is Ricky Foster's hair regardless of what the grass looks like so <laughs> uh, aye and then obviously when he whips the ball into the back stick for the for the second goal but um. And then Rakish Bingham took his goal well as well. I thought I think he's yes. actually, he is a good player. Um, I think it was his third goal of the season as well. So he started off all right, considering kind of how poor Hamilton started off. And one other thing I would like to highlight is what the fuck is Martin Canning wearing all the time after the games? <laughs> that jumper it looks absolutely disgusting. It's uh, looks like a school pupil. I mean, I think that's probably the most insightful analysis we're get we're gonna get in this game unless anyone wants to add anything else. No, someone, I don't mean to shit away the game, man. I'm just mean <laughs> like the just canning things actually annoyed me for like, the past few weeks. Just he actually looks like a schoolman, like a schoolman, a school person. Schoolman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, well, actually, I, I, actually here's, here's something that I, this might be this might be one of the the longer uh, streaks currently going. Um, it's not quite as strange as Kamano Cavardine, I suppose, but um, it's what twelve matches now. What the Hamilton uh, failed to beat St. Johnson. 
I think so, yes. Or oh, 12 matches in a row, Martin Canning's for that jumper. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Oh, no. No, actually, that's, that's just completely wrong. They've won one in the last 12. So it's not a streak. It's just oh, a poor record. Okay, I've not even, not even got that interesting to talk about the game. <laughs> See, it's serious on a kind of wider point about Hamilton. Um, I Go feel they're maybe struggling without the uh, Templeton. I know that's maybe a very obvious thing to say, but I just don't think they've replaced him at all this summer. Uh, I know they've obviously brought a few other players in and none of them played on on Saturday, so you never know, they could maybe step up to the mark. But a lot of people kind of make, make comments about Aki's defence and they, they talk about that being a weak link. But for me, I think the midfield is just not the quality in there that has been in there the last couple of years and which really kept them in the league right so your Dockett is and uh, Templeton as I mentioned there they're just like Crawford yeah, even as well yeah. kind of build them out Aye, they've always had that kind of talisman yeah. but the, 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 that's what I've said for weeks but I genuinely do think that Bingham will do really well this season and I think that he'll maybe move into but, but that I, feel, I feel he's been kind of starved of service a wee bit oh with I true <laughs> but I think that I think he'll score I generally think he'll score goals I think he's, he's a right good player because he's every team kind of problems yeah. uh, fast, quick, strong good finish Right lads are we are we now done with the Scottish Premiership do you want to move on to the Championship yes please <laughs> right hard stop Dundee bottom as you were right and <laughs> uh, Probably not the greatest result, but I think probably the biggest talking point of the weekend. Um, Park and Thistle won Greenock Morton nil. Mm-hmm. Um, change of manager at Morton. Um, surprisingly, probably not the biggest talking point from this game, uh, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I was there and um, <laughs> I've honestly, we were speaking just a bit before we came, but I'd never, and I don't, I, I honestly, this is not hyperbole, this is not me trying to play up today. To up, play up to the listeners, but I think it was probably the the most peculiar decision I've seen in my life on a football pitch. Um, what Barry, Co- in fairness to Barry Cook, it was more of his assistant. Barry Cook, the referee, gave the goal. Um, his assistant, it was actually a really, really good goal from Chris Dillon after quite an almighty um, stramash in the in the box. He did quite well to turn away, compose himself on his weak foot and bend it in off the top corner and rip, ripple the net that's also not another exaggeration This the ball hit the net um, <laughs> Partick players wheel away in the opposite direction to celebrate the Martin players wheel away in, or not wheel away tr- uh, trudge away in disgust um, one of the players must have kicked the ball out for a throw in I don't know how they because that's what they, they gave after uh-huh. they did it is, yeah, that's, that is what happens um, it was just honestly I'm just a bit lost for words it was Staggeringly bad. There was, it was clearly over the line. Apart from anything else, it was, you could you could see from where I was, which was considerably further away than the, the assistant and the referee, and um, you could see it was over the line. And then, what I didn't know at the time, but then saw in the subsequent video that Patrick Thistle put up, and um, the the net rippled, just oh, it's. Like it's that's, that, that couldn't have been more. It couldn't. It literally couldn't have been more of a goal mm-hmm. if they tried. Mm-hmm. And then Archibald, after the game, um, was quite angry. He did quite well to sort of keep a lid on it. Um, he said, uh, 
I'm just glad that didn't cost us because that would have been you could just imagine what any manager would have been like because it's just disgraceful because that's potentially two points that Partick would uh, not quite desperately need but they need at this stage in the season and they will need by the end if they're to go up which just it's exasperating that every week there seems to be the decision after decision that is just so bad and like Colm last week they had the chance to review that still the they backed just the awful decision, and it's, it just seems pointless now because they they just seem to to not want to be any better. And I just got to the point where what's the point? Why do, can we just someone not employ them and just surely, surely there are better officials out there than the ones that we've got at the moment? Because it's just it's a disgrace to be honest. Because that could seriously cost points, and despite being one of the most obvious decisions I've ever seen, and. It's getting to the point where it's boring. It's, I'm boring myself speaking about this because I feel like we speak about referees every week, and I'm sure that listeners are bored of hearing it. But it's just, it's just so, so bad. It's, it's, it's just totally embarrassing, Tom. And the, mm-hmm. the, the thing that that sticks out for me is that we all get bad decisions. Let's see, for example, when Rangers get the ball over the line the other week there mm-hmm. at Rugby Park, but it gets cleared off the line, and you mm-hmm. know, like, it is a hard one to call. Ball when mm-hmm. you see it in second instance is clearly over. But see there, no Morton player even protests. Mm-hmm. The Thistle players are away celebrating, Morton regrouping, they didn't even questions it. Except for the referee, like, how it's, the it's hell do they not give Fundamental things in football, the ball going into the net. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not even like, did it cross the line? Like, it's literally <laughs> yeah, the net. The net ripples, as Tom said. The net ripples. Because I remember when I went to see it today, because I heard about it yesterday, and I watched it today, and then, for how far back the kind of camera is and this whole kind of TV I was like oh, this probably has got to be a bit of kind of stramash and maybe that I can maybe see some kind of logic in it and then I just see it I'm like well, that went clearly in I'm like what mm-hmm. what's going on here everybody walks away everybody's celebrating nobody questions it except for the referee it's just totally embarrassing what it's got to be is that minging end at Thistle because nothing is at the other end of it and as me and Tom spoke about before we came on air, obviously the famous one for the eighties or whatever, <laughs> Thistle Dundee United, and the boy he does it and it has a stanchion. Uh, stanchion. At the cor- uh, stanchion, sorry. At the, uh, <laughs> I was talking about the golfer. There's kind of stanchion. Right? <laughs> uh, the stanchion <laughs> at the kind of corner of the net and just comes back out and then they just play on it. And Tom said it's the exact same end as well. So I think it's got to be Thistle need to build a stand or something there because it's making me feel sick like nothing. This is one of the... We've actually got a question in from uh, Adam Richardson who's asking us, do we need to take a serious look at the standard of officiating in Scottish football given recent incidents for Aberdeen and Partick Thistle, among many we others? We do, but nothing The answer is probably yes, but like... I mean, obviously, I know Casey wants to ship in the Israelis. Yes. Um, kind of, you know... That might work. Where else was it? It was Luxembourg as well, wasn't it? There was it? an Israeli referee at Celtic Park, if I remember rightly, and he was and one of the best. Really one at Rugby Park as well. One of the best refereeing performances I've ever seen. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest, I'm not even. I don't know if it was because there was more focus on them that weekend, but I remember it very clearly and thinking, "This referee's brilliant." Like, can we not have this every week? And obviously, the whole point they were trying to make was well. Referees are trying to spit the dummy out or whatever, but um, aye, I, I just remember that and thinking uh, this, this guy's nosy stuff, this guy's brilliant. Let's, can we not have this every week? And see, 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 the difference is the total difference is in Scotland, 
is that there's absolutely no rapport whatsoever no. between yeah. the referees and players. It's this, it's my decision, that's all that matters. Nobody listens to the players or anything, and the referees, generally they just give off that vibe of the kind of bullied at school kind of thing that people actually chant at them. That's exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. like, people who weren't good enough to play football, um, who have now went into refereeing, or they were bullied at school because totally as in Nick Walsh is a worse for it as well it's just like it's it's I'm above you and that's it there's got to be that respect people say it's a mutual thing but see if the referee treats the players with respect the players treat the referee with respect the, the reason they do that is like Colm just is never interested you, see when you they slow the cameras down and you see the way Colm talks to the players and that you're like th- that is why they don't like him like he's He's an idiot. Do you try to tell me there's any football player that actually gets on with Willie Collum? No way in hell. Seeing you look at the referees doing in England, even there there's a better rapport with the players. I remember watching the documentary about it. I think it was Neville and Carragher that done it, and it was right good. Um, and they broke down about what the referees did. And I know there's more resources and more money in that, but like the referees have actually got a rapport with the players. Like, and that makes a power of a difference here it's a total divide the referee and the players and that's why it never works and particularly when you've got guys like Willie Collum and that who think they're bigger than the game I think that's exactly the reason I, I totally agree with you it's sort of similar to what I was saying earlier on when we are talking about the first half of the old firm game uh, for me it's just it, it, it's, it's as you said it's the, the lack of consistency comes from this sort of attitude of I'm right and it's my decision's final and any other decision I don't, I don't care what you have to say kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's why you have all these inconsistent decisions and decisions that you think well, well why is he giving that if he gave this earlier on or if he didn't give this earlier on and you're questioning what's going on here it's, it's for me it's, it's simple it's game management and the the referees here don't know how to do it they don't know how to speak to the players and they don't know how to uh, go through it in 90 minutes without making a total arse of themselves mm. no, I totally agree mate But um, <laughs> apart from a complete uh, fuck up with the ref, uh, Tom, the rest of the game. <laughs> um, decent. Partick were a lot better than they were last week. Um, Morton did look like a team without a proper manager. Um, after losing, and I quote Judas from I think it's the Greenwich Telegraph, which was or the yeah the Greenwich Telegraph, which was absolutely disgraceful uh, to be honest with you I, I'm quite angry about that it's not very nice do you mean in terms of the photoshop <laughs> or um, <laughs> the, the photoshop and the message it is out of order um, in football everyone has their reasons and it's not he's obviously not done it in a malicious way um, I can understand the fans and the players are angry and believe me they were uh, from minute one there was choice words sung about um Ray and um, McAllister after the game um, one of the senior players and a Morton fan himself uh, described the attitude of the players as angry and let down but that doesn't give the, the Greenock Telegraph any right to speak about a fine manager in such a way uh, is it, It's meant on a kind of, it's like a kind of da thing but I actually heard it off the wall and I was like, it's kind of spot on obviously it's totally controversial McKinnon's move but they're like at the end of the day he showed them as much loyalty as Morton showed Jim Duffy last season mm-hmm. and as much loyalty as the D right it showed McKinnon like at the end yep, of the day exactly. so like you're like you know what I mean yeah, it's yeah. Like, what goes around comes around as as many many say about karma uh, <laughs> karma cafe best served cold um, 
So, no, like, uh, it's totally bizarre, but you never know people's decisions for it. Um, obviously, I'm biased towards McKinnon and that. I was hoping we openly admitted that and stuff, but and it was a bizarre total turn of events. But Falkirker are a bigger club, in fairness, and he'll get more money there. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty mental and it's totally ridiculous, but it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, we, do you want to move on and talk about some of the other championship results? Uh, Lewis, no. our, uh, our our nailed on nil nil of the week. What was this one? Uh, I don't know if you, don't know if you remember this. From the, no, 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 no. Our, our nailed on, or I'm saying we, I'm, I'm pinning some of the blame on you. I believe I just straight up called uh, Queen of the South Air United oh, the nailed okay, on nil nil of the week. <laughs> well, actually, I predicted 3 2, so I predicted 5 goals, so I'll, I'll take that. Uh, you know, just, just the four for Stephen Dolby. Uh, <laughs> a hat trick inside, what was it, 22 Two. minutes? Yep. 18 goals this season. <laughs> eight goals, three, eight three goals in the league. <laughs> Big hat. He's uh, doing all right, you know. I will obviously. I, I, you I were at, there, yes. I, I, was, I, was, I was at the game. Um, same way Tom covered the the, the Thistle game. Um, but it was just. Well, my quote to you is yesterday is that Stephen Dobie is the best player I've ever seen in the flesh. <laughs> and, I, and I stand by that comment. <laughs> Absolutely sensational. Like, just. Speechless. Like, there's nothing. Like, Everything about him is different class. Like just the way he conducts himself, scores goals, passing ability. He's not particularly fast, but he dances past players, leaves players miles behind. But he's not get pace. He's just he's absolutely quality, and he could have had an error. Obviously, he missed a penalty as well. Um, it was just mental. And see the thing was, air actually wasn't even that bad to begin with. Like, both teams passed the ball and I was saying that at the time I'm like I'm not impressed with how both these sides are playing like and the surface was good there as well which again was a 3G surface uh, I, th- I thought it was good uh, I encouraged passing football um, and then Dobie obviously his first goal just kind of kind of plucks it out perfect finish into the top bin and then obviously gets a pen in that but also the guy Lyndon Dykes was different class. He's he's a right good player. Um, <laughs> caused air problems all day. Him and Gary Harkins were, were brilliant up next to next to Dobie. And I just it, it really was it was it was a cracking game of football and air. <laughs> I know they get thrashed, but it it was just an off day for them. You know what I mean? There wasn't kind of any glaring, you know, kind of things that they had to improve on. I didn't like. I I, I just thought the the. It was just basically the difference between the sides of David Dobie, Dobie and Dykes were just a, a class above everybody else in the park. See, and obviously Dobie will get a lot of uh, praise and rightly so, but I think Harkins deserves a lot of praise for his goal there. I don't know if you, oh, well, obviously you've seen that, it, but uh, I don't know if the rest of you have seen it because it was outstanding. Like, beautiful, yeah, fantastic strike, and uh, echo what you say about Dykes as well. I think he links really well with uh, O'Connor up top. And uh, oh, God. Uh, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> he has a round walk there. Uh, like, sorry, we're, 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 we're up top, 
and uh, aye, I think Dobie he's just he's lethal. He's absolutely lethal. And I think what was it you said uh, yesterday? I know obviously you said he was the best player you've ever seen, but I think you also said <laughs> he uh, could play for oh, I could a top six. I Oh, without a shadow of a doubt by the way mm. I'm not even joking when I say like, he probably the generic thing he says oh, they were in the bottom half or whatever or top six and then the other one is anything bad old firm he could, for me he comfortably could he could dare shift uh, Kilmarnock Hearts Aberdeen Hibs. I genuinely do think that I think he's that good um, he's always had that ability Um and the thing is, like, and he would he would cause old firm problems as well. Playing against them, he would score goals. He would still score goals. He's he was just he was a joy to watch yesterday. And Queen of the South for the whole were a joy to watch. Absolutely brilliant. Funny as anything, and a presser after the game, there was this kind of old boy who's a bit of a character and just like I don't really know if he knew much about football either, but he was pretty confident. And then and then like every day, obviously, was kind of praising Queens and Gary Naismith kind of talking very kind of strong strong words in that and then this old boy's like it went a bit flat in the second half though <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, like, you can't replicate four you're four nothing up at half time you're not got, that doesn't mean you've got to win four nothing against second half you know like, and then they, and then uh, well, the Naismith was just raging he was just like Jesus he's like anybody that knows anything about football in any country in the world knows if you get it half time with four nothing, then there's no way you replicate that again in the second half. It's just natural for teams to take the foot off the gas a bit and see the game out professionally, and that's what Queens did. And they salvaged a bit of pride, and but Queens kept them at bay. Queens, as good as they're going forward, very good defensively as well, which are a wad. But no, it was a, it was a, it was a joy to to watch that game. It was really really good. Um, do it. Uh, I mean, I know obviously we've had our Dundee section. Are we gonna are we gonna keep the the Tayside depression going, Tom? Do you wanna do you talk stopped. about? Uh, <laughs> do you talk about uh, Dundee United John Alwa? Yeah. For all accounts, I've seen that the Alwa actually played quite well in this game, and mm-hmm. you know, very well deserving of a point. But um, yeah, thankfully, I could be there. Um. <laughs> And this is a team that causes problems in the Betfred Cup. I love J- uh, Jake Hasty on the. He was playing on the left, destroyed Stuart Murdoch, um, who is not a good. I was going to say defender there, but to be honest, he's not that good a footballer. Um, he was impressive again. Flanagan's free kick was world class, right in the top corner. <laughs> Rakov and maybe could have got you a bit closer to it, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Back, see to be honest, it's been quite a big split, and there's been quite a lot of um, arguments and debates amongst United fans this weekend between point away at Alwa. It's not what we should be a club of the United stature. I don't like saying it, but there's the expectation amongst fans that this is a game we sort of just go and win. There shouldn't be too much of a hassle with it. Um, and then there's other fans I probably subscribe to this view. Um, more so it's a point away at was not bad especially enough of two wins um, but it's just two steps forward with Laszlo and probably two steps backwards as well it seems to just every time there's just a, a moment where you think right here we go kick, kick on something like this happens and it's just warningly just exactly the same as what it was like before um, 
So it's, it's not one it's one not to be too downhearted about, despite everything I've just said there. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be booking that promotion bus <laughs> anytime soon. Jim Goodwin, man. He talked well Is in uh, Sports Sound on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I just was quite impressed with at times the way that he, he spoke his words. <laughs> <laughs> um, future uh, St Mirren manager potential, mm. eh? Yeah, I mean that's that's how things are are supposed to work, isn't it? Ah, you do a good job, but I'll let you get a St Mirren job. Aye. Um, I mean, do you, <laughs> obviously Falkirk are uh, still on no points um, after being beaten two 0 by by uh, Ross County, but um, I and that it might be a bit worrying that McKinn going to Falkirk now because. Um, yeah, they might they might end up they, they might end up getting cut adrift. But if they end up but if they keep playing like this and picking up points like this, they'll they'll do quite well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um are we worried for Dunfermline? Losing three 0 to Inverness. Yes. Think that I worried. It's, it's just worrying in regards to as I said, I mean I read their team at the like that yesterday and they're loaded with quality players Dunfermline that's what I say I genuinely think that Dunfermline's I've got a stronger squad than St Mern I genuinely believe that like, like in they're just no cut now I tipped them to win the league this year and they've just been absolutely bouffing after having they only won their first game and, they, they, and it was a cracking result I remember that much but they've just been very very poor Alan Johnson I thought this would be the year he would maybe kind of I generally did think that we'd win the league with some of the business we're doing and getting back to away in and stuff but they've really struggled um, and obviously signed, signed a few guys last week as well I don't think there'll be any trouble but it's disappointing with the the amount of backing they've got and the supporters have been mm-hmm. top class and all the, 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 the supporters they're filming have been taken to grounds has been phenomenal Um and like they've just been let down big time um, and to beat 3 now at home by a team that for me they should be beating is is worrying well this is this was something I was looking at with um, Inverness right apparently 16 games unbeaten in the championship Jesus now Robbo because um, they had that unbeaten run at the end of the last year so uh-huh. Oh, and it's the, the the streak the streak survives. I mean, obviously it's four games, but I mean, considering I mean pretty much every other team in the division apart from I know Ross County have lost a game, so I mean they're you know they're still they're still going strong in that the regard. Um, yeah, the Invincibles. <laughs> we, could, we could have we could have uh, Invernessables. Oh, oh my God! Let's move on to League One, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say. I was going to say we could have a we could have a Highland showdown for. Uh, aye, but never mind. <laughs> right, um, League One. Nah, we're we're done. What's what is the result of the weekend? Stenhouse Muir beating Dumbarton two one. Dumbarton are now ninth in the table, four points for Dumbarton. Uh, it's quite a tight kind of division to be honest with you. There's not a lot separating the teams. There's no real. I don't think there's anyone there that you could say is 
kind of favourites to go down. I mean, maybe you could say Stenhouse Muir, but they've obviously got the, the result there. They're sitting on six points at the moment. Mm-hmm. Great result for them, 2 1 victory. Uh, Dumbarton, by all accounts, wasn't a particularly great performance, and I think there are doubts about uh, uh, the future going there in terms of managers. Uh, elsewhere, Airdrie, good result for them, 2 0 1 over Shunra. They sat third. Uh, Broth and Angus Derby two each with Breakin. Uh, East Fife they got their first win of the season. They beat Montrose two 0 Pretty decent result that one I would say. And uh, mm-hmm. Wraith Rovers as well. They beat four 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 nil. So yeah. Um right. Um very good. League two. Can we talk about League Two? Because there's two games that we picked out here as the ones to watch this weekend for the top and the bottom of the oh, table. The, okay, I um Where where do you want where do you want to start? Goldfest or um uh, let's start there. What? Just Albion Rovers three yes. uh, Berry, five. So I'm I'm a total idiot and if anyone knows knows me uh, no, I'm not very good at betting. Uh, this weekend, I wanted to put uh, kind of over two and a half, under two and a half, kipping on. And uh, me being the, the wise guy that I am, I thought, well, Berwick and uh, Albion, surely well, both of them are struggling to score. That'll be that'll surprise mm-hmm. a few, few people, and uh, that'll be under two and a half. Uh, on behold, that's mm, tight, cagey affair. out the water, where like what 20 minutes of the game been played. Uh, so I just the eight goals, just the eight goals in that one. Uh, but Berwick, I think they, they they obviously got the result. Albion Rovers again, you're God, you're fearing the worst. I mean, to be fair to Berwick, I know there are a lot of people's, well, there were a lot of people's tips to go down, but they're sitting with six points, so it's not the not worst mm-hmm. start to the season. Uh, Clyde really massive three points for them. They won two one against Annan. Uh, big three points there. Elgin, well, Elg Sterling, sorry, got their first three points of the season. Uh, first points in general of the season, they beat Elgin 3 0. Mm. Another one of those kind of weird results you see in, in the League 2 quite a bit. Uh, Edinburgh City, they beat Peterhead 1 0. That's, that's hard to play. This is the, the big one because yeah. I saw them go top. top yeah, didn't it? 12 points. Uh, so four, 1 4, lost to 1. So, yeah, from. Really good start for Edinburgh City. And to be honest, I didn't. I, mean, I was very impressed with the recruitment, but I didn't think they were going to translate it into anything credible. And I mean, that could uh, that could still be the case. But at the moment, they've had a great start, and you know, I know they could uh, they could be up the top end of this table come the end of the season. And uh, I finally Queens Park through no no cow and beef. I think the less said about that one, the better. Cool. Right lads, is this us done? Get one more question. We have, we have. I was gonna say we have one more. Qu- oh, friend of the show, Mark Cherry, asking us, uh, who's out first, Stubbs or McCann? McCann. McCann. Oh. McCann. But I don't think Stubbs will last the season. Well, I think both of them. Obviously, Stubbs has a three-year contract, but I think McCann has a pretty decent contract at Dundee as well. So. I don't know if that would affect anything, but I, I agree. I think McCann is probably the first to go. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Um. That's us, lads. <gasps> another another stunning week. Stunning um, indeed. <laughs> with the best goals, the best players, and the worst referees. Yes. The best uh, <laughs> 
cute. Cute man. Right, uh, Tom McKinnon, it's been a pleasure. As always, thank you very much, Canva. Callum Scott, it's been great talking to you. Muchas gracias. Lewis Kemp, as, as always. always. Right, lads, that's us done, and we will speak to you next week, hopefully. I think so. Scotland. Scotland, guys. right? Gods. Uh, <laughs> Let's just take a break and not talk about Scotland, please. Uh, just do a little we'll, special next week, man. Purchase uh, we'll be we'll be back in some form, but we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Uh,